You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hi, beautiful people I love. I hope you guys are doing really, really good. I am better than I've ever been. Every time I say that, it just fills my heart with so much joy. I am better than I've ever been. I almost got up to record this podcast at three in the morning because I was up watching something. I was up in the middle of the night and I was watching something and I was like, oh my God, I need to record this podcast right now. But let me get back to that. First of all, I want to speak for a second about something. One thing about me is that probably maybe 90% of things roll off my back like water on the, what is it? Roll off me like water on the duck's back and I'm pretty unbothered by them. But the things that bother me, they bother me deeply. So let me tell you about something that that bothered me. Um, So I had some people that were in town and I went to pick them up from where they were staying and they wanted to go, you know, to this to this um, restaurant. So before we actually went to the restaurant, while I was still on the phone figuring out where they wanted to go. One of the people was like, is it expensive? And I said, well, it depends on what you mean by expensive. So I pulled up the menu and I said, all of the entrees are $20 or less. I said, the appetizers are probably like, you know, 11 to $20. And they said, yep, it's expensive. I said, uh, okay, well, it's expensive. Y'all, y'all want to go or not? So they wanted to go to this restaurant. So we go to the restaurant, you know, nice restaurant. And there was three women, one man. So quite naturally, when the bill came, the waiter gave it to the man. The man looks at the bill. Then he looks at me and says, how much do we owe you? No, how much do you want us to give you on this bill? I looked at him and I said, what? He said, how much do you want us to give you on this bill? I just looked at him again and I didn't say anything. Now, I saw the bill when it came out. I was actually going to pay for the entire thing. The bill was $123 or something like that, right? I was just going to grab it, like, you know, not a huge deal. But when he said, how much did you want us to give you on this bill? You know, that sense of entitlement coupled with the feeling of manipulation. I told the waiter, I said, just split it. I just split the bill. Now, I'm splitting the bill. I don't, I don't even do, I don't, I don't like splitting bills. It's just not the way that I, that I move, right? But in this instance, that sense of entitlement and that subtle feeling of manipulation What you were in essence saying is you didn't want to pay the bill. You wanted me to grab the bill. And that sense of entitlement, because you allowed that to come out of your mouth, now I'm I'm not. I'm going to split it. Y'all, 
It ain't a lot of things that get my goat, but that is one of them. When it's almost like this unspoken thing that because you appear to have it, you get it. You take the lion's share of responsibility and paying for things and that kind of a thing because you seem to be the one that's doing the best. No, no, nobody ever asks you, right? Nobody ever asks you. It's all just based on perception. And I really don't appreciate that. And if you are someone who does that, stop it. If you are someone who does that, stop it. It's always why people, when people say money changes people, money typically changes the people who don't have it. Money typically changes the people who don't have it in relation to the people that they think do have it, right? And so changes need to happen because if you don't have boundaries around you, then you will get this all the of the time. And, and it's just something that I, I just really, y'all, it ain't, I'm telling you, it's like a, a scarcity, something for nothing, entitlement, manipulation combination that it is very, very difficult for me to be around. And I understand people's mindsets and I get that. But you have a choice in how you're showing up and how it is that you're thinking. And the other thing that happens is when people, the two things that will quickly have me remove myself from a conversation is when people start talking about how expensive something is or when people start bonding over their ailments, over I got this and I got that, that's the, the, the fastest way for me to chalk up the deuces and be like, okay, I have to go. Because here's the thing, mindset and growing your mind is not, there's not this magical place that you get to where all of a sudden you stop because your core wounds and your core conditioning is just that. And it's a part of you. And that's never going to go away. But as you grow, as you learn things, as you, you know, create new neural pathways in the brain, it is so important that you protect that and that you continue. And so a lot of us just kind of take our foot off the gas and then you look up and then you've regressed and you're revisiting places that it feels like, wow, I thought I got through this place because... You weren't protective of your mindset and you allow people around you who had differing mindset to, to be around you and in your space and planting those seeds and you didn't protect yourself. It's also why I don't watch the news. It's why um, there's enough news reporters on the internet so that if anything happens, I'm sure that I will catch it, but I don't watch the news. I don't spend my days watching what people say about the economy, what people say about being in a recession. You know why? Because I understand that most of today's media moves and exploits people through a spirit of fear, the same way that they did with all of the COVID information. And it's not that there's not facts in there, but the predominant thing is that you can control people through a spirit of fear. Because the more people talk about the recession, the more people talk about how things are so hard and how everybody is struggling, the more people start making emotional and panic-driven decisions, right? And that just doesn't work for me. So listen, if you are someone who actually works on your mind and you are intentional about working on your mind, I want you to be equally as intentional about guarding your mind and preserving the work that you're doing 
And if that means that certain people have limited access to you, so be it. It doesn't mean that you don't love people. It means that you love you more and that you're prioritizing your own sanity, your own thought process, you know, and and you don't owe anybody any explanation about that. Speaking of which, that is a good segue into this book I'm reading by Carol Sankar called No Explanation Required. And I love the book because in it, she's saying, especially women, how we are always apologizing for something. Oh, I, I can't make it because of this. And we're apologetic and we're apologizing and we apologize for our dreams. We apologize for our ambitions. We apologize for making choices to further ourselves and further our careers because, okay, now this is not ladylike. And it's just like, listen, live your life, no explanation required. And she was saying, and I know this to be the case, how she has lost so many friends along the way because she defied what they thought she should have been or the lane that she they thought she should have been in or how she should have gone about her career. Now, one of the things I really love about the book is how she speaks about bragging is your superpower. And, you know, we've been given this bill of goods about false humility and about how you shouldn't be speaking well of yourself. And so the the difference that you make, the things that you do, the results that you get, nobody knows about it because we've been sold this bill of goods about, oh, you know, it was a team effort or it wasn't just me. Well, what was your role on the team? Did you lead the team? Did you spearhead? Did you drive it? Were you responsible? And she's saying how bragging is how she got to where it is that she is because people who are making decisions and who are looking for leaders and who are looking for people that can get results, they're looking for the person who will hold their own and not shy away from their accomplishments. And Black women, You know, I am a Black woman. A lot of times, just like we did in slavery, right? We are nursing other people's children and we're making everything work on our backs, holding uh, our own families together and the slave master's family together through our labor and through our love. We still do it in businesses and corporations. We take on the lion's share of everything, the responsibility. We're overworked, overtired, underpaid, underacknowledged, underappreciated, underrecognized, and we're still waiting for somebody to come and do that for us. I said this in last week's podcast, ain't nobody coming. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to stand up and own your own accomplishments. Raise your hand and say, I did that. Raise your hand and say, I did that. I'm responsible for this, right? And, and that is going to infuriate a lot of people that you have the audacity to believe in yourself, that you have the audacity to be vocal about, you know, your accomplishments. It's going to infuriate a lot of people, but it also open a lot of doors for you and it will garner respect. You may not, you may not be liked, but what, what has likability gotten you? Like being, being liked has gotten you what? Exactly. Can, can you, can you look in your bank account and say, you know what, this this social capital has translated into something over here, right? But from a business standpoint, from a work standpoint, respect is going to be the thing that opens more doors. And so I'm saying all that to say, if you're good at something, own it, articulate it, shout it from the rooftops. And yes, you will lose a lot of people because 
We have been conditioned to believe that not speaking well of yourself is humble. I even have this in my own family. My mom will say, oh, I like this certain, we, we might be talking about sports. I like this certain um, person because they didn't forget where they came from or they're humble. Even Drake said, being humble don't work as well as being aware. It's a false sense of humility. Humility does not mean weakness. Humility does not mean that you don't own your greatness. Like people will say Kobe Bryant wasn't humble or people will say LeBron James wasn't humble, but they were stating the facts about their talents, about their skills, about their mindsets. When I say were, LeBron James is still with us. But what happens in business People buy confidence. If you are not confident in about, about what it is that you're doing and what it is that you are providing, like, listen, you may as well just throw on the towel and work for someone else. Nobody is going to put a responsibility in your hand that you aren't even confident that you can handle. I can remember years ago, this lady who was my mentor at the time, she recommended me for grant writing or for something. And I had just kind of gotten into it and she spoke very highly of me. And then when I had the conversation with the person, I was like, well, you know, maybe, yeah, I know a little bit about that. Or, And the person was just like, she told her like, I'm not really sure that she can handle it or she's somebody that I want to handle it. And she came back to me and she said, Letitia, where is your confidence in this? Like, you didn't come across confidently and she just, you know, gave me all of this feedback. The truth is, I really didn't want to do it. But in retrospect, I can see where she's coming from. And so here's what happens. If you don't come across confidently and people don't feel confident in what you do and how it is that you show up, guess what? A watered-down impression is going to be a watered-down referral. People might say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, you know, I work with him. Mm-hmm, I, I work, he's, he's nice. He's a nice guy, right? But if you don't take what you're doing seriously, if you don't show up confidently, assertively, responsively, responsibly, getting the things done that you say that you are going to do, it is going to lead to a watered-down referral, right? And so never mistake the fact that people like you for people's willingness to refer you for something. Never mistake the two because people are always making assessments, forming snap judgments and conclusions. And referrals reflect on the person who made the referral. So a person is going to think about themselves first. And they're not, somebody just asked me last week, they said, hey, can you let me know who you use for cleaning because I trust you and I know that if you use them, then they must be good. And I said, hey, they're coming today and this is going to be my last time using them. I would not refer them. And they said, okay, thank you. End of conversation. Now, I have begin been giving the feedback to the people. Here's what my challenge is. Here's, I've said it three times, okay all right, this is it. This is the last time and I'm moving right along. Now, I would not refer them to someone else. Do you you see how that works? So when we're on the other end of this, we have to think about that as well. Like, how am I showing up? Let me tell you something. I play all day. I laugh all day. I love my clients. I joke with them. I know their families. I know their pets. I know their birthdays. I know their quirky ways. 
But when it comes to their businesses, you are not about to catch me slipping. You ain't going to catch me slipping when it comes to their businesses. I'm looking at P&Ls, the ones that I have access to. I'm looking at profit and loss statements before we are on the call so that I am prepared for the call. If you show up to the call and you're not prepared, ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm going to show up prepared to handle and to take care of business because that is what I'm being paid to do. Do you see how that works? And so some of us, we just kind of, you know, just just, just go through life just kind of like it is what it is, it's whatever. And we have this, again, a sense of entitlement like people should understand. Like we're the special snowflake that we can't show up because of this certain situation that we have going on. Life don't work like that. Life does not reward slackers. Life does not work like that. Everybody has situations going on. You don't get a special pass because life is lifing. It just doesn't work like that. And you, you know, many of us are are throwing tantrums at life, sitting with our arms folded because we're still emotionally immature and incapable of handling real life. We're incapable of handling real life. I was just telling my daughter yesterday, like people, people always say adulting is hard. Life is hard. Like life is hard. You 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 deal with things and you deal with challenges. And and I mean, life life is hard. But you get to choose how you navigate it and how it is that you show up in life. And one of the things that gets my undies in a bunch is when people look at people who have accomplished something or have done something, and it's almost as if this person won the lottery or if they were lucky or if they, you know, just had some, you know, big, big break, as opposed to looking at this person made choices and made consistent choices over time to get where they are. Like there was no, there was no lucky break. They prepared themselves and they went after the lucky breaks. And I just really don't get it. And so you have a, a large divide of people who are just looking like, or, or people who will undermine what somebody else has done because it makes you feel better about your inability to have done it. Let me know how that's working out for you in life, that you point out all the holes and all of the everything else that's wrong with another person who's doing it. The person, they ain't even paying you no mind, right? But you point out and picking holes and finding flaws and they winning. And they, they, they're they winning in life, kicking ass and taking names and not even thinking twice about it. How is that actually working for you? Let me know. You know, I the, the, this should be QTNA, questions that need answering, because I just really just, some things, I can be the most understanding person ever. Some things I just really don't understand. Now, let me, let me move on from that. So while I was up in the middle of the night, right, I was watching Creed because Creed 3 was was out. And then I said, I don't think I saw Creed 2. Well, it ended up that I did see Creed 2, but I, I watched it anyway. And, you know, I, I didn't even realize that I saw it. But let me let me tell y'all how this this is so important, right? When Apollo Creed was fighting one of these other boxers, Victor, he was handing him his ass, right? And Victor's father was just like, take him out. Um, And then 
A turn of events happened, and Victor's mother, she got up and she left the fight. And somehow, he looked over and saw that she was no longer there. His whole momentum went completely away. He lost the fight. And so I was just really thinking about this, like, whose lives are we really living and who are we living for? That, you know, that's abandonment, right? That is an abandonment wound. But his mother leaving, he lost his whole momentum. So this little boy that's fighting the world and about to be the champion lost the fight because his mom walked out. And so many of us are living our lives for other people. I'm telling you, I see it every single day. And so you want to ask yourself, like, who am I living this life for? Because we live this life as if it's a practice life. Like we we have another one and like we have all of this time, right? Let me tell you, my mother has told me, I don't like the person that you're becoming. I can respect that. I can totally respect that because I live my life for me. My father has said to me before, are you a narcissist? Perhaps, but I live my life for me. I don't bow down and I don't acquiesce to what other people think or to what other people expect. And those are my parents and I love them and I respect them. But I'm not here to please my parents. If you can get over the parent approval thing, half your battle in life is won. This man lost the fight because his mom worked out. That's one thing, walked out. So then I make my way over to Creed 3, right? I had to watch it a few times because I kept falling asleep. But this man had a, a relationship from his childhood and, and the, the childhood, long story less long, they got into a fight. The childhood friend ended up having a gun. The Creed ran. And so he was able to go live his life, become the championship boxer while the friend was in jail for two decades, 20 years. He come out, he ain't got nothing to lose. I'm going to be the champion. He took the championship, right? He, he stole his way into the championship. And so they ended up fighting because he's like, that's the only way to make this right. All this time, he was bothered by a sense of loyalty to this man. Like he owed him something because he ran and the other one went to jail. And that's the other thing. Some of us are so entrenched in guilt and in shame. And we feel like we owe people something because we've changed our station in life. Listen, Everybody has choices. Who you were as a child and the choices that you made. Listen, you, you, look, I'm saying all this to say you don't owe people anything. You don't owe people an explanation. You don't owe people a job. You don't owe people special favors. And listen, if you want to give people something, that's fine. But again, what is driving your reasons for doing that. If guilt and obligation is driving you, people will manipulate you left and right. You know what I mean? If shame, if any of those things are driving your actions, you are living for someone other than yourself. And so this man had gone on, became the championship boxer, and this part of his childhood, he wouldn't open up about it, he wouldn't talk about it, 
because it was still a trauma that haunted him all of this time. And whether it's a movie, as this was, or whether it's real life, this is how we live every single day. And that led me to this thing to say, you know, God, as much as I've tried to move away from this, I just think that I'm not an expert in trauma, so to speak. I'm not an expert in mindset, so to speak. This is my my uh, work in the world, though, because mindset coaching, you will always need mindset coaching. When that man was in the corner, he was he had already been the champion once. And when he was in the corner, in the boxing ring, guess what? His coach, his trainer was talking to him again, like, let it go. Let the fear go. Let all of this go. Your mind, your core wounds, all of those things will always be with you. So you want to be all gas, no brakes in terms of your mindset and in terms of your growth. And you want to continually get as far away from your problems, your trauma, the stuck places, if you will, in your mind, because that is how you can actually make decisions from a space of clarity and from a place of, you know, responding to things, not reacting. You know what I mean? Like, instead of this thing is just weighing on you. Some people live their lives for other people and they have these things weighing on them and they die in that same way. And the one thing about it is most of y'all listening here, you got more days behind you than you have in front of you. And it's a good day to really say, who am I living my life for? You know, what is it that I actually really stand for? Am I standing for what I really stand for? Because some of us are not. Some of us are cowering and we're standing for values and for mindsets and for things that aren't even ours. They are a reflection of conditioning of our parents, of our cultures, of our families. And the reason why we're miserable is because it doesn't work. We're miserable because it does not work. And so there is a quote, it's a it's attributed to, don't matter who it's attributed to because he didn't say it, but the quote speaks about a lot of men lives a lot live lives of quiet desperation. I'm convinced that people are quietly desperate because they don't live lives. They don't live their own lives. They they take the cards that were handed to them and they feel like they can't shuffle and get a new set of cards. You can shuffle the cards and get a whole new set, right? You don't you don't just have to take the hand in life that was dealt to you. Everybody was dealt a hand. If you don't like the one you got, shuffle the damn cards, get a new deck. You don't have to settle for it, right? You just absolutely don't. But what it also, why this is so important to me is because, y'all, I feel like Harriet Tubman over here some days where, again, this was attributed to her, but they say she didn't say it, but it, it was still a good quote that I freed thousands of slaves. I would have freed thousands more if they knew they were slaves. Do you know how often I can see the shackles on people's minds? And do you know how heart-wrenching it is for me to see people in prison, to have a key to let them out, to hand them to keep the key or to open the door and they remain in prison? The reason why I know this is my work to do 
is because there's the work is the thing that y'all don't hear me talk a lot about is how painful this work is. My work has me living with a very painful reality that I see people who could be free in the mind, who could be in free in so many other ways, and people who, for whatever reason, are choosing to remain in prison even when the key is there. Because just like they say how the elephant is trained to be domesticated when it's a baby and you put the chain on the elephant and the little um, nail in his foot and by the time the elephant is tons, they can still domesticate and train the elephant in the same way because it has been conditioned that way over time. Our mental conditioning and our mental enslavement is so great. And um, it it takes everything in me to to just be able to sometimes exist, especially when I see it in people that I love and in people that I'm close to, right? So, you know, with, with anything that, that's why I say I didn't choose this work, this work chose me. But with anything that you're giving to do, there is a price that you're going to pay for. It. And then this is just the price, but there there are equally... Not equally, but just enough success stories and enough people that, you know, go free in the mind and I see results. I'm not even just talking about business. I'm not, it, I, that is not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in your actual mind, like within your actual self. I see enough successes to keep, to keep me going, you know? Um, so that being said, who are you living this life for? Whose life are you living? If it's not yours, while you still have breath in your body, while you still have a new beautiful day, it's, it's never too late to become who you may have been. I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day.